Praise God. What a powerful reminder today that we live in a very blessed place. And we ought to be thankful not just today, but every day for the goodness of the Lord on all of our lives. Especially thankful for the price that has been paid for our freedom that we so much enjoy today. I don't think many of us realize just how blessed we are to have what we have. If you've traveled outside our country to any other place, you soon are reminded of how precious our freedom is. I remember listening to a guide on one of our trips in the Czech Republic. The the country is 90-something percent atheist, and they have cathedrals everywhere. It's kind of ironic. Just memorials of what used to be, but in the present state, they are atheist. The guide became very personal, talking about her life experience there and uh, how long they waited to get an automobile. Uh, when they got one, it was made out of plastic. They showed a picture of one. It was just a piece of junk. They were grateful for that. Uh, she was a young adult before she ever rode in a car. And I noticed that she was not as attached to some of the things that we in our country have become so attached to that we feel like we deserve, that we have a right to have. And I thought, oh God, somehow help me to recapture what it means to understand that what we enjoy is a blessing. I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. Amen. And I need to be thankful for it every day, every day of my life. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, and the sad truth is that for the most part, few even know why it's a holiday. And even more, fewer observe it for the reason that it was instituted and set aside for. It was a day to honor the fallen for freedom. James Garfield, who was president at the time, the first Memorial Day celebration, said this. We do not know one promise these men made, one pledge they gave, or one word they spoke. But we do know that they summed up and perfected by one supreme act the highest virtues of men and citizens. For love of country, they accepted death and thus resolved all doubts and made immortal their patriotism and their virtue. Someone else said, we don't know them all, but we owe them all. Another observed that this is the home of the free because of the brave. And our flag does not fly because the wind moves it. It flies because someone with their last breath died to protect it. If you want to thank a soldier, 
be the kind of American worth fighting for. Amen. I am thankful today for every blessing that comes to my life because of where I live today. We ought to give thanks to the Lord for that freedom. As imperfect as our country may be. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Franklin Roosevelt said, those who, who have long enjoyed, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we have in time forget that men died to win them. Amen. John F. Kennedy said, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is never to utter the words, but to live them. Amen. You can stand. I want to read from the word of the Lord this morning from the book of Deuteronomy. I have several verses of scripture, so you'll just have to journey with me. If you are too tired to stand, then lean over the pew. Deuteronomy chapter 9, or chapter 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4 and verse number 9. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse number 9 and verse 23. The fourth chapter of Deuteronomy, it reads like this. He said, only take heed to thyself and keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget lest thou forget, underscore those three words, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen and lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life, but teach them to thy sons and to thy sons' sons. Verse 23, take heed unto yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you and make you a graven image or the likeness of anything which the Lord thy God hath forbidden thee. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 12. Then beware, lest thou forget the Lord, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And finally, in chapter 8, I want to begin reading with verse number 1. He said, All the commandments which I command thee this day shall you observe to do, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments. And he humbled thee and suffered thee hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know, underscore that he might make you know, that man doth not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Thy raiment waxed not old upon thee, neither did thy foot swell these forty years. 
Thou shalt also consider in thine heart that as men chastened his son, so the Lord thy God chastened thee. Therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God to walk in his ways and to fear him. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of waters, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. When thou hast eaten and are full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which the Lord hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes which I command you this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and hast built goodly houses and dwelt therein, And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. I don't want to read the rest, but you could continue to reading down through verse 20 and you would get the same message very clear. My subject today, lest we forget. Amen. Say that with me. Lest we forget. Father, I need you right now. I need more than a sermon. I need a message to deliver to your people. I have prepared my heart as well as I know how. But now, Lord, it is time for you to take this limited vessel and speak through it and move, God, in a very special way. So that when we leave here today, we are changed by the word of God. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time and give him a praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. For those of you that are watching the clock, don't worry. You only have one service today. So it won't hurt if you have to wait in line to get something to eat. Go to McDonald's. It's a lot quicker. There is in all of us a weakness. And that weakness is that we have a tendency to forget. We often take for granted the very things that most deserve our deepest gratitude. We take for granted the blessings, the sacrifices, the enrichments of our lives. Not only by the sacrifice of others, but even what the Lord hath done in our lives. We are blessed today to have what we have and to enjoy the freedoms that we enjoy. And I believe that if anything needs to happen in our country right now, we need a revival of gratitude for what we have. Amen. And somewhere there's got to be enough blood bought 
spirit-filled people that will shut down the loud noise of those that are trying to tear our country apart. Amen. Somebody ought to stand up and shout, thank you, Lord, for my freedom today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Israel had been on a long journey. It had been difficult, not because of the way, but because of them. They had made it a lot harder than it needed to be. But so it is with us. We can sometimes complicate the simplest things. God just wanting to get us out of bondage. God just wanting to take us from slavery to freedom. And we make it a 40-year journey because of our rebellious nature and our stubbornness and our quickness to forget. Amen. They had stood now poised to enter into a promised land that flowed with milk and honey and every blessing that could be imagined and Moses takes time now in the book of Deuteronomy to go back over and rehearse for them. The entire book is literally a rehearsal of Moses in his last days as he is reminding God's people of where they had come from, what they had come through, who had done all of that, and where they were going and what they needed to be mindful of when they got there. They would find in their new life many promises. And they would find in their new life things that they didn't have anything to do with. And God reminded them that when prosperity smiles on you, remember where that promise came from. Your blessings will be multiplied and you will enjoy plentiful things. You will not find scarceness in the promised land. And so he goes over this last review with them in details of what is to come. A land of promise that they were going to enter into that was going to change their life forever. But it would also challenge them. That's the way with change. Change always comes with challenges. How will we accept it? How will we deal with it? And will we stay rooted and grounded in what really matters? When you get there, don't forget how you got there. When you get there, don't forget who was responsible for making all of that happen. When you get there, don't forget that it was me who put that land there, that picked that land out and put everything in that land that you would need so that when you got there, every need would be met. Amen. And it sounds like a tolling bell throughout the book as Moses reiterates to them over and over, remember, remember, remember. Fourteen times in the book of Deuteronomy, he uses the word remember. 
Nine times he reminds them to not forget. It seems strange that I would have to remind someone who had just come through what they had come through to remember. It seems strange to me that if you had gone through all that they had gone through, surely you would never forget. Never forget. And yet God knew them better than they knew themselves. And he reminds them through his prophet Moses, don't forget. Remember how you got here. Remember what it took to get you where you are. When I began to look at this book this week, I looked at all of the references that were made by Moses about remembering and not forgetting And I want to go through the things that God wanted them to remember. And and I'm going to very quickly go through them because of time. And I'm not going to cover all of them. But there are four particular ones that stood out in my mind. The first one is in Deuteronomy 5 and 15. And the word said, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt. And that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God command thee to keep the Sabbath holy. God wanted them to remember that they had at one time been in a very bad place. But he by his mighty hand and by his outstretched arm had changed all of that for them. And so he reminds them that when you get to your promised land and you enjoy the blessings of that land, do not forget where you came from. Don't forget the pit that I had to dig you out of. Don't forget the memory of what slavery was like, what it was like to be a servant in Egypt. Don't ever forget. Keep that in your mind because when you remember where you came from it has a way of keeping you humble now some people want to forget their past they're trying to get away from their past but I want to stay connected in some way to where I've come from because I, 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 I'm the only one that really knows what God had to get through to get to me And I'm the only one that really knows what he had to forgive me of to get me where I am today. And when I look back over my life, I don't want to be blind to the fact of what I once was so that my heart will stay humble. And not only humble, but I will be forever grateful and thankful that I could not praise him enough or thank him enough for what he's done in my life. I am afraid that far too many of us have forgotten where God brought us from. Amen. Some of you've been, you feel like you were born in the church. Some of us act like sometimes that we never known what sin was like. We never knew what a guilty conscience was like. We never knew what a burden was like. We never knew the fear that would grip the heart when you would lay down on your bed at night knowing that if the Lord comes, I'm not ready to meet him. 
And then the night that he filled you with the Holy Ghost and he cleansed you and washed you and claimed you for his own. What a great moment that was. But I don't ever want to forget what it was like before that. I don't want to ever lose that that from my memory because that's what keeps me humble. I'm not here because of anything I've done. I'm here because of everything he's done. I'm here because of his goodness. I'm here because of his mercy. I'm here because of his grace. Amen. He said, remember in chapter 7, verse 17 and 19, he said, remember this. I want to read this to you. 7, verse 17 through 19. He said, if thou shalt say in thine heart, these nations are more than I. How can I dispose them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shall well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all of Egypt. The great temptations which thine eyes saw and the signs and wonders and the mighty hand and the stretched out arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out. So shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. When I read that this week, the Lord said, remind them that what intimidates them does not intimidate me. Amen. What overwhelms you does not bother him. He is not bothered by how big your problem is. He's more bothered that you don't have the faith to trust him, that he can take care of your situation, no matter what it is, no matter how great it may seem, no matter what the enemy may look like. I'm here to tell you that numbers may intimidate us, but they have never intimidated God. He can save by many or by few. Amen. You know what you need to do? You need to quit looking around your environment right now and being intimidated by everything that's against you. This is not working for me. This isn't gonna, this isn't going to plan. This isn't like I, this isn't gonna turn out good. And lift your eyes a little higher and look to one who sees all things. And he said, hey, that's nothing for me. Just stay with me. I'll get you through that. I know how to navigate through that storm. I know how to get you to the other side. I know how to navigate through that situation. Amen, amen, amen. Remember, remember that we are intimidated by problems, but not God. Verse number two, chapter eight. He said, remember all the way which the Lord thy God hath led thee, all the way. Remember Every twist and turn that got you where you are today. Why? Because it took every twist and turn to get you where you are and to get you to who you are. And some of us are still on that windy road because God's still having to work out of us some of those kinks. But if you'll stay with him, That winding road leads home. 
That winding road will always lead you to a better place. If you'll stay with him, it doesn't matter how long the journey is. At the end of the journey, it's going to be well worth everything. The promises of God are yea and amen. And everything God said will come to pass. You just got to stay with him through the journey. Hallelujah. Some of us don't like the twists and turns of life. We don't like the ups and downs. What we fail to realize is that those twists and turns are not so much about God as they are about us. He said, I could have taken you straight there, but you weren't ready for it. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't throw you into stuff that would just overwhelm you and eat you up and devour you? But he takes you through a journey that you have to learn some things. You gotta learn how to trust him. You gotta learn how to lean on him. You gotta learn how to believe he knows where you are even when you don't know where you are. Sometimes you need to forget about worrying about where you are and just understand God knows where I am. I'm just on a journey. I'm going somewhere with him. I, I know that he knows the way that I take. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know. I've looked on the right, on the left, behind me, before me. I can't find him, but he knows the way that I take and when I have been I shall come forth as pure gold. Come on, church. We must never forget that. Amen. Every twist. You see, when we keep the memory of that fresh in our mind, it helps us understand that what is before us is nothing Compared to what's behind us. Ooh. Has anybody been through any storms? Has anybody been through any trials? Has anybody been through any tough places? Amen. And you're here today? Oh, I think you ought to stop and celebrate right now. Ah, yeah. Hallelujah. Keep that memory fresh. Because what's behind you is not nearly as important as what's before you. But it took that to get there. Man. Verse 18 of chapter 8. God said, remember that God has given you the ability to get wealth. Some of us need to be reminded that we're not as talented as we think we are. Or if we are, it's only because God made us that way. I know that that's humbling to our humanity. We, and our culture rebukes that. Our culture rebels again. No way. God didn't make me. I made myself. Oh, you did. You did. You did. Where, where were you when the cells came together? Where were you when all of the tissue began to form? Where were you when all the muscles began to be put in place? Where were you when God put the brain in the right place and he put the feet on the right end? Where were you when he formed the fingers and the nails and, and he started putting all of the follicles in place on the head so that when you were born, you mean you got here all by yourself? I know that's humbling to us, but the truth is everything I have is because of the blessings of God. 
And for people that do not recognize that, they will spend their life trying to achieve the impossible. Amen. But when you begin to realize, I'm blessed because God's blessed me. I'm, you, you know, here's the thing that gets me about this. Is that if I keep relying on me, I'm limited. I'm going to run out somewhere. I, I mean, I might be smart, but I'm not that smart. I mean, what's the, what is the genius? What, what is the smartest person in the world? What's their IQ? What do they call that, that five or that one percent niche in the world of geniuses that have an IQ of like one? Yeah. I don't know what that means, but anyway, that, that's, there, there's that one percent, but even they don't know it all. And so here's the thing. If I keep operating out of my ability, if I keep operating out of my tool house, if I keep operating out of my tool chest, I'm going to run out of tools in a little while. But when I learn to live in his tool chest, when I learn to live in his riches, when I learn to live by his power, there's no end to that. There's no limit to that. There's no running out. There's no deficiency. Every time I turn around, God's there. Every time I move here, God makes a way. Every time I open that door, God makes it into something better than I even imagined. Because I'm not operating in my strength. I'm operating in his. Hallelujah. Praise God. I need to hurry up. Whoo. He said, remember, I love this, verse chapter 32, verse number 6 and 7. He said, remember the days of old. Remember the days of old, verse 7. He said, do you thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is this, he, in essence, is this... How you trust God? Is this how you acknowledge God? He said, Is not he thy father that hath brought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? Remember the days of old and consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee thy elders and they will tell thee. There is something drastically wrong with our culture right now and it is invading the church. I have heard it said by some that we only want, we only cater to young people or we only cater to this niche of the younger generation. And I say that we are missing something vital to our life. We need to cherish our history. We don't need to be ashamed of where we came from. We don't need to play it down and act like it did. Well, they were just ignorant and unlearned. They didn't know what we know. They didn't have what we have. 
We're so much farther. There's some things that they know that we'll never know. And there's some things that they've experienced that we need to experience. But we're not going to experience it through technology. We're not going to experience it through all the gadgets that we have. We're going to experience it because we connect to the same God they did. And we walk in the same steps they walked in. And we trust in the same God that they trusted in. I I want to cherish my elders. And listen to me, young people. I'm going to give you some of the best advice. Young couples, I'm going to give you the best advice I can give you right now. You need to find an elder, somebody old enough to have been through some things and let him become a mentor in your life because he can teach you something. You may think you know everything, but you haven't even begun to tap into what life's going to do to you. And there may be some things that they could share with you and say, you know what, I went through that too, but you'll get through it. Amen. Consider the years of many generations. Ask them and they will tell you. Ask them of what it was like. We need the voice of elders in our movement. We need the voice of fathers who encourage us. I didn't say dads because there's a lot of dads in the world. We need fathers. A dad is a man that can biologically Bring into this world a child. A father is a man who understands a responsibility that comes with siring a child. That it's not just something to get to, to do as for pleasure, but there's a responsibility that comes with that. And there's a training that needs to go along with that. And we need some father figures in our nation. We need some men who will stand up and say, I'm going to be more than just a dad. I'm going to be more than just a man. I want to be a father to my church, a father to my generation. Amen. He said, don't forget what your eyes have seen. My goodness. I I don't want to stay long here, but how could... How could anyone, how, how could anyone who had been through what they had been through, seen what they had seen, experienced what they had experienced, how could they ever need to be reminded to not forget what you've seen? And not only that, don't let it leave your heart. I want to tell you there's a connection between the eyes and the heart that's vital to my walk with God. And if I ever disconnect them, I'm going to lose something that is priceless. But when I tie my vision to my heart, then there's something locked in that will keep me straight and on the right path. But if I disengage my heart, then it won't be long until I will forget what I have seen. How many of you have ever seen a true miracle? I mean, you've seen a true miracle. You've seen a 
a, a, a person cured of cancer or you've seen an eye heal or you, you've seen the doctor come in and say, we don't know what happened, but this is what was and this is what it is now. We don't even know what to say about it. How many, how many have seen that kind of thing? That's the kind of thing that we must keep connected to the heart because if we ever lose that connection sooner or later, we're going to forget what we've seen. And if we ever forget what we see, we're going to lose a vital connection to the power of God that's available. Amen. Praise God. He said, don't forget the covenant. Verse 23 of chapter 4. Don't forget that what you worship and who you worship matters. I need to say that again. Don't forget that what you worship and who you worship matters. Now, some of us may have that who we worship right, but we're a little confused about what we worship. Because we're more driven by things than we are by God. I had my first day yesterday. It was an accident, but it was the most blessed day of my my year. I left my cell phone at home. And I will tell you that there were several times sitting at my desk, my flesh said, you need to go get that phone. You, you need to go get that phone. You, you, you might get a call. But I had enough Holy Ghost working, I guess. I don't know. God was grateful to me yesterday. He kept me. I just kept, I just I said, no, I'm not going after that phone. I overcame the world yesterday. That's right. I'm telling you. Ah. But I, I have realized lately, and we've all made comments, man, we don't even know how we can live without these things. I mean, somebody, we're sitting at the table and somebody said, man, I don't even know how I would function without this. Well, we need to learn how to function without it because that's not what really matters. What matters is that we are in covenant with God. And before there was a cell phone and before there was AT&T or Verizon or Comcast or whatever else you're connected to, there was a God that we were connected to. And that connection was more important than any other connection that we had in our life. I'm going to confess to you tonight, or this morning. Just be, I, I don't even hardly come to prayer without my cell phone. I don't even know why. But I don't expect a phone call, but, you know, it, it's just a habit. I felt so, maybe the reason I got a breakthrough last night in prayer is because I didn't have that thing attached to me. You said, Brother Hughes, that is just impossible. My job depends on that. Does it really? I mean, I know, I understand, but we have made ourselves slaves to things instead of worshipers of the king.
Amen. He said in God's Word, He said, God's Word is more important to you than anything else you're going to find in this life. He said, and He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone. Man does not live by things alone. Man does not live by gadgets alone. But he lives... By every word that proceeds from God. You know, I I called the church one time on a media fast. Oh, my word. I could have cut off their leg. I could have taken out one of their eyes. I could have cut out their tongue. I've never seen so many withdrawal symptoms going on. I mean, we we needed to go to AA. And we did it for the whole month of September. Oh, my God. And you know what? I thought... That as soon as we got through that month, it wouldn't have such a hole on us. But I'm telling you, when that 31st day rolled around, we caught up. Now, I know we live in a culture where this is necessary for some things, but I will tell you this. I think we have become so dependent On the things that God has given us. And there's nothing wrong with the things. God would not have wanted you to enjoy it if he wasn't, if he get, he, he didn't give it to you so you couldn't enjoy it. But we become so dependent on things that we forget the God who gave those things. And this is a revelation that God gave me this week. I, I didn't even know this verse was in the Bible. I'm confessing. I've read it, but I didn't know it was there. You ever read something and just didn't know it was there? Well, let me read it to you. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 8. And verse number 10. I read it a while ago, and I don't think it dawned on some of you. He said, and when thou hast eaten. Now, we are all, most of us. How many of you say prayer before you eat? Ah, good. That's good. We are supposed to give thanks. We say thanks because we're hungry. And we're glad that somebody has prepared food or we've gotten to a restaurant that got everything we like on the menu. But how many of us, when we have gotten through and we're fat... And full and sassy and we've had that last piece of key lime pie. 
sit back and say, ooh, we need to stop and thank God for these blessings. Read it. When thou hast eaten and art full, then, then, not before, but after, you and I need to learn to be just as thankful when we're full as we are when we're hungry. It's not hard to be thankful when we're hungry. But God said, I need some people that when they're full, they still know how to lift up their voice and say, God, thank you for what you provided. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being my Savior. Thank you for doing what you've done for me. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Amen, 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 amen. You see, God is the source of every blessing and success in my life. He is the source of every success and blessing in my life. And I must not forget that. And this is what happens when you and I forget. First thing that happens is found in verse 11 of chapter 8. He said pride shows up. The peril of prosperity and comfort is that we get so wrapped up in the blessings that we forget the one who blessed us. Amen. And pride shows up. And we think, look what I've done. Man, I made a sale today. You see how I closed that deal? I, I. Ah, ah, I gave, I mean, I, I, I won that. Ah. And we forget. And something begins to creep in. He said, beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in thine, in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I commanded thee this day, lest when thou hast eaten, and are full, and has built goodly houses and dwell in them. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart is lifted up. And we become a little too... We're, we're, we're a little too dignified for that kind. I mean... That's what simple folks do. That's, that's what uneducated people do. They act like that. They act crazy. They, they, they shout. They scream. They yell. They, they lift their voice. They make a noise. That's, but you know what? We're, we're a little more refined. We're a little more educated. We, we're a little more knowledgeable. Amen. Pride slips in. And it has a way of disguising itself and so many different garbs that it's hard for us to distinguish it at first. When we have what we have and possess what we possess, it is wise of us to remember that if it had not been for the Lord on my side, the enemy would have triumphed over me. He said, not only that, not only does pride show up, but he said, 
If you let that continue, something else will happen. There will be a shift in your life. And this word will lose its luster. And it will become just a history book. It will become archaic. That's old school. That's that's old school. In verse number 19 and 20 he said, And it shall be if thou do not at all forget the Lord thy God, or that you do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that you shall surely perish. When we let pride slip in and we forget where our blessings come from, it's not long until we, re- we, we begin to reject the authority of this word over our life. Well, it doesn't really mean that. It, it doesn't really say that. I, I, don't, I don't think that's what he was talking about. Oh, that was just for those Corinthians. Oh, that, that was just for those Ephesians. That was just for those Galatians. And we become like Thomas Jefferson who didn't believe in the supernatural. And so he took a pen knife and he went through every portion of the Bible that had a miracle in it and cut it out. And unfortunately for him, his Bible ends with the burial of Jesus Christ. There's no resurrection. There's no book of Acts. There's no church. That's what happens when we let pride slip in. We get a little puffed up thinking we've, we've got it. And then we start becoming a critic, a, a, a critic of the book. You know what I learned a long time ago? There's a lot of stuff about this book that I don't understand. There's a lot of it that I don't like. But I've learned that if I live what this book said, I'm blessed. When I come in, I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm made the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. When I learn how to submit myself to his authority and say, God, whether I agree with it or not, if that's what you want me to do, that's how I'm going to live. That's what I'm going to do. Amen. Lift your voice to the Lord right now and give him praise. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, help us to remember all of the way that you have brought us. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 